Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. British author Roald Dahl aptly pointed out that the witching hour was a special moment in the middle of the night when every child and every grown-up was in a deep, deep sleep and all the dark things came out from hiding and had the world all to themselves. Many paranormal experiences happen during the deepest part of the night, when most people are asleep and caught unaware. Today's episode is no exception. From friendly spirits to a powerful witch, these stories will make you loathe to fall asleep tonight. Okay, ready to get spooked? Our first story comes from an anonymous writer who has a short but very curious experience. My newborn baby sleeps beside me in a crib that's connected to our bed. I put her back to sleep at 2 a.m. with a light blanket over her legs. For safety, the bottom of the blanket gets tucked under the mattress at the end of the crib, so she can't kick it over her head or face. She has little pajamas, so the blanket is just for extra comfort. When I woke up at 5 a.m., the blanket was tucked higher up her body under her arms and wrapped around her. She doesn't roll yet, and she does kick her legs, but that usually kicks the blanket off. I assumed my husband had gotten up in the night and noticed the blanket wasn't on her and swaddled her in it. That's how nicely wrapped she was. I didn't want her to overheat, so I took it off. I just asked my husband about it, and he very much did not get up in the night and swaddle the baby. Now, it was late when I tucked the blanket under the mattress, so it was totally a half-assed job, just poked down between the bars. But the blanket only came to her waist, I would be surprised if it could get pulled up so easily. And she was so nicely wrapped. 95% sure she wrapped herself in some sort of perfect kicking alchemy, but 5% sure a helpful, loving ancestor tucked her in last night. Wow, you have some really sound math going on there. For our sanity, it's best to think that your baby's kicking may have rucked up the blanket while she slept. But be it far from me to discredit the thought of an ancestor visiting your daughter they were never able to meet in this life. I won't say I hope this never happens again because raising a newborn is tough work. Trust me, I know I've been there. And any help, even the invisible kind, is greatly appreciated. Our second story comes from Mystery Chick 88 who is relentlessly targeted through the spiritual realm. As a clairvoyant, I've had my fair share of weird and wonderful encounters with spirits and entities. Most have been good, some bad, but I have only ever dealt with a few evil ones. This is a fairly long read detailing my encounters with the witch who tormented me for five years in the most horrendous ways. I do not know how she found me or why she hated me, 
but will tell you the first time I ever saw her. I was dreaming I had entered into a small country pub. The ceilings were low and it had that musty smell of beer and thyme. Outside the windows was a quiet rural lane surrounded by hedgerows and what looked like farmer's fields beyond that. It was a lovely warm day, but the scene was eerily quiet. There were two sections to the pub, one side which was devoid of anyone and what looked like a working bar, and the other side was closed off to the public and looked like it was being used to store old furniture. I found myself wandering around the furniture, admiring a beautiful antique writing bureau, when I suddenly felt disorientated. My legs started to give way as my head began to spin out of nowhere. My center of gravity was thrown out of whack and I stumbled onto the floor, and a fear I could not explain started to overcome me. I knew something was wrong and had the feeling of being circled by a predator, one I could not see. In a state of panic, I shuffled back on the floor until my back made contact with something solid, an old dusty chest of drawers and I tried to calm my breathing, not making any sense of why I felt like I was in so much danger. Then I heard a noise above me, a disturbing, croaky, death-rattle-like sound. I was terrified, but I found myself slowly raising my head to see what was there. I couldn't help it. I shouldn't have looked, but that macabre sound drew my attention like a moth to a flame slowly leering over the top of the drawers directly above me, a face came into view, looming down over me. It was a woman, strikingly beautiful if not cold-looking, pale blonde curls pinned on the top of her head, icy blue eyes, young no more than 30, but her mouth was what was the most terrifying. It was stretched open into a gaping black hole with torn, cracked flesh stretching even further, making her face a disfigured, warped, horrifying mess. The rattling sound was coming from within that cavernous abyss. I have never felt a fear like it, the sort which strips your brain of any normal function and sends your gut plummeting. I could barely scream. I was that scared. It was more like a high-pitched, hysterical whimper, which barely left my mouth as her face came closer. Then I woke up sweating and still trying to scream. As disturbing as the dream was, I thought it was just that. A nightmare, although I have never been able to get her face out of my head all these years. Roughly six weeks later, I had another nightmare in which I was involved in a vicious assault on the street outside of my home. In this dream, the police came and, as I was being pinned to the ground and arrested with the assailants, I noticed a figure walking around the periphery of the circle of police and people. As my face was being pushed into the ground, it was hard to see who it was, but they were getting closer and closer to the tangle of bodies on the floor. As the police pulled me up, I saw it was the crooked old woman, bedraggled and dirty hair hanging in her face full of debris and dirt. She was in an old-fashioned white nightdress. My stomach lurched, and although she looked different, I knew it was the same woman I had encountered in my nightmare weeks before. As if she sensed my realization, she rapidly lurched forward between the police, holding me in place, and sink her teeth into my arm and disappeared. 
leaving my arm an immediate septic mass crawling with maggots and decaying. The pain was what woke me up. I bolted upright expecting to see teeth marks on my forearm as it throbbed, and although there were none, the area was red as if it had been pinched. I suspected then these were not ordinary dreams and that she was a separate entity, not some recurring imaginary figure. I didn't know yet that she was a witch, but the more she encroached into my dreams in life, the more I physically saw snippets of her. She had a knack for showing herself two different ways. One was the young and beautiful woman, although never again with that hideous deformed mouth, and the other a stereotypical hag. Every few weeks I would encounter her in my dreams, which was where I figured out she was a dreamwalker, as I called this gift, not sure if it's the correct term, a spirit or entity that can manipulate someone's dreams. In another dream, she stood by my bed. She had her hands around my throat, slowly squeezing until I could barely breathe, until I woke up violently gasping for breath. I had that same experience several times. Another time on my day off work, I woke up and feeling lazy, decided to lounge in bed a little longer, in and out of sleep until I became acutely aware of someone very close to me staring at the back of my head. I knew it was her and everything inside me screamed, do not turn around and look at her. So I stayed still, face pushed into my pillow. Then something peculiar happened. As if I was standing in the corner of my bedroom, I could see everything. Me lying in bed covered up and face down, and hovering about two feet above my body. Parallel to me, there was an opaque brown swirling humanoid mass. Other times, I would dream she was hovering above me and in a half-sleeping, half-awake state. Too terrified to move, she would reach inside my chest, and I could feel an odd pressure around my heart squeezing causing it to beat out of rhythm. All I could do was lay there and pray that I didn't have a heart attack as the thumping of my heart inside my chest would speed up rapidly and then slow down, so there were seconds between each beat. I tried putting a protection boundary around my home, but it never seemed to keep her out. In the end, my spirit guides shut me down entirely to protect me from her. I guess being physically open was what kept the link going between us. The complete radio silence I had for three years was eerie to say the least and not something I was used to as having random spirits popping in and out had been my way of life since I was 11 years old. But it did the job. I didn't see her again for three years. When I became pregnant with my daughter, I unintentionally started to open up again. I only had two more experiences with her after this, although I was disheartened to know she was still linked to me. The night she showed herself again, she entered my dream as usual. I was laying in bed, and in this dream, I woke up and my quilt was hovering a few feet in the air above me. Through the gap, in the dark between myself and the floating quilt, I could see someone shuffling around the edge of my bed, back and forth. The familiar feeling of that fear came with her, and it held me in place, scared shitless of what she was going to do next. To my absolute horror... The figure climbed underneath the hovering quilt at the foot of the bed and slowly worked its way up over my body until she was on top of me and her face in front of mine. 
Her hair trailed across my skin and she smelt of damp earth. Then she spoke. You thought I was gone. She hissed at me, and all I could do was try and scream myself awake. Suddenly, the quilt dropped back onto the bed and I bolted up right finally awake. My quilt, which I usually cocooned myself in, was stuffed down on the floor between my bed frame and the wall with the window that looked out onto the street. I refused to sleep at my home the next night, telling my friend I couldn't believe she was back after all this time had passed. My last encounter I ever had with her was odd to say the least, as it seemed as if she couldn't get as close to me as usual. Again, in my dream, I awoke and she had me by my throat, both of us dangling in the air over my bed. Here she was with her younger self, porcelain skin, fair hair, and all just staring into my soul as I struggled to breathe. I can't explain the look she had on her face. It wasn't anger. Disgust. I don't know, just a cold indifference to me, maybe with a hint of defeat. It felt different. And although I woke up struggling to breathe and with a sore neck, I don't think she actually had been inside the room with me. It was the last I saw of her and hopefully ever will. I questioned myself early on whether it was a form of sleep paralysis, but I know that it wasn't. I have never suffered with it before or since, and that explanation didn't seem to fit. I suspect she was trying to stop my heart or physically scare me to death, but why? As I said, I saw glimpses of her life. I know she was a healer woman in a small community, but over time she seemed to get treated with more suspicion and hatred and shunned out of the area until she was living on the very periphery of society. Maybe once respected, then feared. I have no doubt she was immensely gifted in life, but unfortunately she had passed over with the same gifts, fully understanding how to manipulate energy. Hands down, she's one of the few spirits which straight up terrified me. Wow, I am absolutely stunned speechless by this incredible encounter. First of all, I am glad to hear you're safe and that your spirit guides were there to help you and keep you safe, even if it meant shutting you down until the witch seemed to be losing her grip on her power over you. Second, I'm curious why this witch even targeted you. Have you ever found that out or was it just that you were physically opened and she managed to get a hold of you? Honestly, I hope she's moved on or is somehow gone for good and hasn't chosen someone else to torment. Current Loss 303 brings us our third story in which the entire family witnesses multiple entities. (laughs) 
To begin with, I have always been skeptical towards the paranormal, but for several years I have seen and heard things that do not seem to me to be of this world. I currently live in Spain and am originally from an Eastern European country. On the day in question of my first paranormal experience, my family, my parents and my sister, had gone to another city almost 60 kilometers away to visit my aunt and uncle, leaving me alone at home. My parents went out in the afternoon and came back the next day at night. The night of their departure, I was sleeping, and as I turned over, I half opened my eyes and saw clear as daylight a dark shadow in human form with two red orbs for eyes across the room looking at me. I didn't give it any importance until the next day when I remembered it and went back to sleep. My room overlooked the inner courtyard of the building we lived in, and being winter, the blinds were all the way down to keep out the cold, so it couldn't have been outside lights. To this day, the memory of that shadow continues to haunt me as I have not found any explanation for what I saw, even though I tried to recreate it without success. So, here are some other experiences. My little sister has commented to me on dozens of occasions about seeing a dark thing at night peek into her room through the door frame and move away when she sees it. P.S. I have also seen it on several occasions. A few months ago, I would go back in after smoking a cigarette, and the whole living room was dark. At that moment, I saw a kind of mist, the height of a human, pass through the room and disappear through the exit door. Several minutes later, my mom told me that she had seen the same thing from the kitchen and would swear it was a woman. A couple of weeks ago, my father had gone to smoke in the backyard of our house, and when he came back inside and turned on the lights, he swears that he thought he saw, for a few seconds, what looked like a child. My sister had already been sleeping for several hours, standing in front of the kitchen door before disappearing. He almost dropped the glass of water he was carrying in his hand because of fright. I don't know. What do you think, guys? Okay, so it's hard to say exactly what you're experiencing since the paranormal world is still so shrouded in mystery. The only thought I have is to look into any history into the building that you're living in and see what answers you may find. The experience you are having don't sound malevolent, and because there seem to be different entities, it could point towards something that may have happened in the past in that location. I encourage you to look into it and let us know if you find anything that may point to what your family has seen. Our next story is from Felicia Hardy, who remembers a silly prank and the odd aftermath. My friends and I were having a sleepover, and as a joke, we decided to hide one of our friend's phones on a really high shelf above a desk, full of glass decorations like snow globes. Around 30 minutes later, she came in, started laughing, and said she found it on the floor. We all looked at her like she was crazy, but the phone was about five feet from the bottom of the desk, which made a little bit of sense and she had called it, but we noticed nothing on the desk was broken nor touched. We put the phone back up on the shelf and called it to see if the vibrations could have done it, but the phone never moved, so there was no way it fell all the way to the floor and five feet to the side. We still don't know how her phone got there or what did it. 
Ew, that was super creepy, Felicia. Ghost stories are always a staple for any good sleepover party. Trust me, I've told many of them and scared myself. And experiencing one really ups the wow factor. So you officially have a cool sleepover ghost story to tell that happened in real life at any party you attend in the future. Supernatural Square tells us of a lone cabin filled with different types of paranormal occurrences. When I was eight years old, my dad purchased a cabin with some land in Ontario, Canada. The cabin is on a peninsula surrounded by water and about three-fourths of a mile from the closest cabin and 25 miles from any type of civilization. Our neighbors don't go often, so we are usually by ourselves with nobody around for miles unless someone decides to take the long trip to our end of the lake. The land and air around our cabin is a hot spot for supernatural activity, which I believe is due to the remoteness of our location. Whether it be ghost, Bigfoot, or UFOs, we've experienced it all. The following experiences are just two picked out of many to share. In 2006, I was in the cabin by myself while my parents went fishing. I went outside to grab a drink from the cooler on our porch when I heard what sounded like a plastic cup falling. When I went back outside, all of our kitchen cabinets were wide open and I had a feeling of being watched. I picked up the cup, closed all the cabinets and went outside until my parents got back. I never said anything to them since they wouldn't believe me. Later that night, my mom woke up and needed to use the outhouse, which is about 75 feet behind our cabin at the entrance of the woods. When she stepped out of the outhouse, she pointed her flashlight into the woods and saw an old disfigured man standing not even 10 feet from her. She let out a scream, which none of us heard because we were sleeping inside a cabin 75 feet away, and booked it back to the cabin. She woke up my dad and he went out to look but couldn't find any tracks or evidence of a person being in that area. The next day, I told them about what happened with the cabinets and my mom believed me given what she had seen the night before. Who could this ghost be? Could it be a native whose ancient land we are on? Or could it be the old hunting guide who used to live in this cabin by himself and passed away 15 years prior? Ghostly activity still happens on occasion, but it's our cabin now and we aren't giving it up. In 2009, my dad, uncles, their friend, my brother-in-law, and myself went up to the cabin for a spring fishing trip. One night after all the old guys went to bed, my brother-in-law and I stayed out by the fire goofing around. The night sky at our cabin is always pristine. You can see every star in the haze of the Milky Way galaxy. At any given time, you can look up at night and see a number of satellites flying by. My brother-in-law went over to the water's edge to take a piss when he said, dude, what are those lights? I went over and he pointed out to me two bright white orbs high up in the sky, just floating around as if they had no sense of direction. We watched, then brushed it off as a pair of faraway helicopters or planes until they both stopped at the same time and zipped across the sky faster than anything man-made can go. We watched a little more while they kept floating, then zipping, then we decided to go in the cabin. 
The next day, we told the other guys about it, and one of them, being a retired Air Force and private corporation pilot, got really defensive and called BS on us, saying aliens and UFOs aren't real. He said it had to have been our imagination or something. The other guys dismissed what we saw because an experienced pilot who basically lived in the sky his whole life said it's not real. That night, the same thing happened, but this time, one orb was white and the other was red, and they came down to just above the trees. They didn't have a defined shape. It's almost as if they were just some sort of self-propelled lights. They made no sound and could get across the sky in the blink of an eye. I jokingly said, maybe we should go inside before we get probed. My brother-in-law agreed and we went into the cabin for the night. We still see the lights every now and then, but we just brush it off as our new neighbors. Of course, the first thing I want to say is please feel free to come again and tell us more stories of this paranormal cabin. Not being believed comes with that territory, unfortunately, and I'm sorry the older folk just brushed you guys off. But know that here at It's Haunted What Now, we take you way seriously. And that old guy by the outhouse? Absolutely not. I hope there aren't any more stories involving him. Unless he has come back, then please tell us. Our final story comes from C.C. Maximoff. My brother has always been very in touch with the spiritual realm. Not a medium or anything, but he definitely has abilities. When he was about three or four, we were over at my grandparents, and while my grandma was cleaning up, they were showing old Coca-Cola commercials from the first one, all the way up to the most recent at that time. One came on with an actress from the 60s, and my grandma thought to herself, oh, that was my favorite actress as a kid. My brother, without looking up from his toys, said, she was your favorite actress, huh, Grandma? And she said, yeah, how did you know that? And he was like, Grandpa John told me. He had passed years and years before then, and my brother never met him in real life. My grandma is still shook to this day. <laughs> Kids say the darndest things, am I right? If it is an animal's acting weird around an invisible entity, it's when kids talk about things no one else sees. I have the chills just thinking about that experience and can't even imagine how your grandma must have felt hearing your brother talk about her late husband. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now, or our website hauntedpod.com. Production assistance provided by Olivia Holmesley. Writing assistance by Sherilyn Reyes. The official composer for the show is Neeks at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams, his new podcast called Connections, or on his website, wetalkofdreams.com. Audio engineering provided by the multi-talented Chaz at Gray Multimedia. Until next time. Did you hear that?